want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios, it's the Fade Route with DNZ. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the AO studio. Hey, it's the fade route with D and Z. I am D, and we have a great show for you tonight. Joel Embiid might become ineligible for the MVP. Doc Rivers helps the Bucks lose, and we are ready for the Super Bowl. Yes. We begin today's show with the 49ers punching their ticket to the big game. At one point, the 49ers were down 24-7 to but with a couple of lucky bounces and some questionable calls by head coach Dan Campbell. The 49ers were able to pull out the victory, winning 34-31. to At the end of the game, defeated head coach Dan Campbell admitted he spoke to his team and told them he did not know if they would return to the NFC Championship game next season. Z, was this the right message for Dan Campbell to relay to his team after losing the NFC Championship game? I mean, he's just being honest, right? Honesty, he's honest. (laughs) He's being honest. In the moment, that's the last thing you want to fucking hear. You know, it's it's really (laughs) the last thing. It's like, coach, really? We're down and you're just kicking us. He just pulled the Billy Bean. He's like, we're not going to be better next year. You know we're getting gutted. (laughs) It's absolutely. Well, I mean, it was a little presumptuous. I mean, I'm sure he was thinking that Ben Johnson was going to end up in Washington. Mm -hmm. Turns out that's not the case. Maybe Aaron Glenn will be. But Mm -hmm. you know what? Everybody has something on them for this. Jared Goff had a great year. The moment he felt pressure, he wilted like spinach. Right. The the rushing game was, you know, David Montgomery was there. Jameer Gibbs was there. It wasn't enough. You know, they shied away from it. He only had 15 carries. David Montgomery only had 15 carries. This is a pound the rock. And take Gibbs, Gibbs fumbled, right? Yeah, Gibbs fumbled. Laporta, 9 for 97. He did what he could do. But, you know... It really boils down to a couple things. Dan Campbell managing this game, coaching this game as he has done all year, right? There's that aggression, that type A personality that, you know, that got you to the dance. Now, I understand being true to yourself as a coach. You know, I, I get that. But it's exactly 
what we were afraid of. We were both afraid of that. With Dan Campbell at the most inopportune time. <laughs> like like in Dallas, we said, screw it, let's go for the win. You know, that's... It's a, a learning process for everybody involved, including Dan Campbell. And he definitely is putting it on himself to a degree. He said, you know, do I believe that we're not going to be back here. No. He has to believe he, he has to believe he's gonna. Right. Like he can he has to tell them that, right? Cuz you don't want to believe your own press clippings. Con- just juxtapose that with what D'Amico Ryan said and what CJ Stroud said. We're going to be even better next year. Mm. Nothing is guaranteed. Mm. I'm still waiting for Dan Marino to go back to the Super Bowl. Mm. You are guaranteed nothing in the yeah. NFL. Mm. So this, if this is his way of keeping the Lions hungry, then mm-hmm. by all means, yes. But mm-hmm. it's a failure on the defense, particularly Aaron Glenn. Mm-hmm. And it's a fault for Dan Campbell to turn down six points. Yes, Michael Badgley could have missed the kick. <laughs> Absolutely, Michael Badgley could. We've seen Michael Badgley miss kicks. Yeah. I'm not saying this is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Likelihood and analytics say go for it in this spot. But... You have to understand context, yeah. right? This is not week five. You don't get another bite at the apple. This is it. You're going to Cabo. You're going home. You guys are going to the Pro Bowl. Orlando, you're going to Vegas. And it's all because you played too aggressive at the worst possible time. And you know what? I'm going to liken it to this. It was rope-a-dope. I can argue, we can argue that Kyle Shanahan played rope-a-dope with the Lions. Because mm. they just came charging back. Mm. And at the end of the day, the Niners are going to Vegas because they were able to capitalize on that. If the Lions kept doing what they were doing, yeah, the Niners had no answer. Nothing. Mm. They had nothing. But... The tale of two halves. Campbell's going to learn from it. Goff's going to learn from it. The Lions will be better for this. It sucks now. They will be better for this because they'll learn how to close. Battle adversity. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with Dan Campbell because he was, he, you know, he was doing what he did all year. And... You know, if he didn't do it, if he wasn't aggressive and he lost, we would be like, you know, they would have gone for this, you know, during the season. Like, what is he doing? He's he's skewing away from what he usually does. That's the only thing I'm going to say about that. Um, you know, I didn't see it. I, I really particularly didn't care for the offensive game plan in the second half. Like, they were having so much success running the ball. I don't know why you stopped running the ball. They had a lot of drops on offense too. Um, You know, it's, 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 I think, I think everybody's to blame here. I mean, there was also a lot of luck, right? The Brandon Ayuk thing should have been an interception. Or incomplete one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's a little crazy. I mean, Brock Purdy played like dog shit in my opinion. I mean, he's been, I don't know why they're, everyone's usurping him. He, he, uh, I mean, he was very pedestrian in this game. 267, a touchdown interception, 11 incompletions. 
Jared me, Goff had the better game. To That's me, true. Christian McCaffrey was the difference maker. He's four yards, four point five yards a carry, two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. As far as his comments, I I appreciate him being real. He's in the moment and he's being real, guys. I don't know if we're gonna get back here because let me tell you something. And you know, he didn't go into this, but the Packers are good. The Packers are good. You know, the the Bears have two top ten picks. They're they're getting better. They're gonna be better. And Minnesota is gonna be better next year. Like it's not a cakewalk in that division. That division is the division of death. And they had everything just break right for them this year when you think about it. They were healthy. They won close games. They beat people they probably shouldn't have beat. Remember, they opened up beating the Chiefs, right? That's how the yep. season opened. We you were know? this close from like the Alpha and Omega moment, right? We we were this close away from having the same game close the season as open the season. Like that's kind of amazing. That'd have been cool. That'd have been really. That'd cool. have been cool. I mean. You learn from these moments, but I, I I share. It's hard. It's hard. It's so hard to win in the NFL. You know, I think we all take for granted the things that Manning and Brady and and Aikman and Kelly did and Montana did all those years. It's just so hard, and and especially in Detroit, it's just not a place where you're gonna land free agents. It's not, you know, it's not a place where you're gonna get the best coaches. You know, it's just not a place where things break right for you. It usually doesn't. So I appreciate his honesty with it. And it's up to them to change the narrative. Um, I think they're going to be competitive next year. But to say that they're going to be back that good in this position, man, I don't know. No, you can't really. I mean, think of everything that occurred this year in the NFC. Right, you had the Seahawks fall off from where they were last year. You had the Rams sneak into the playoffs. Out the right, they they're they're like a turnstile. The Eagles fell off. The Cowboys fell off at the worst possible times for them and their fan bases. So you know it. it was there is as much luck as anything else you know yeah you know, it, it's it's a crapshoot the injury bug definitely you know we both of us we picked the the Bengals both of us and maybe it was yeah. the kiss of death but we did get the Bengals yeah you know Joe Burrow goes down anything can happen yeah, Burrow goes down, and so does their season. Goff goes down. Like, is Teddy Bridgewater stepping in and doing what needs to be done? I don't know. Like, if, if you, there are ifs and buts, right? You, you don't know. Uh, but next year, anybody. So you can't rest on your laurels. You can't. You can't be complacent with what you have because everybody's gonna get better. Everybody's gonna come at you with their best shot. There's no sneaking yeah. up on anybody next year. No, right? no, that's the other thing. Everybody's that's the team. other thing. They're getting a first place schedule next year. <laughs> that's the other problem. So that means you're gonna face all the top teams and all the other divisions. Like it's, 
you know, it's slippery slope. You know, I guess the only I liked his aggression. I'm not I'm not mad at Campbell. The only thing that I would say is is I think it was uh, I think they were in they were in the red zone. They're probably like on the four or the five yard line. All three timeouts. Uh-huh. This is when they were down by ten. And they ran the ball on the first play and didn't get it and had to burn a timeout. And it's like, well, now we are fucked because now if the onside kick doesn't work, now we're we don't have enough timeouts to get the ball back to kick the field goal. And it's you know to his defense, he thought he was going to catch them by surprise with it. He thought he was going to get in, but you got to throw the ball. They needed to throw the ball once they were down. And and they did. So, but moving over to the other side, you know, despite a shaky first half, Brock Purdy did lead his team to the promised land. And then one could argue that if not for an arm injury last year, Purdy might have had the 49ers in the Super Bowl last year as well. But on Monday, Ryan Clark went right to work saying, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy is the best quarterback he's ever seen ever seen do you share those sentiments as ryan clark ever in in history it's what he said what he's doing is yeah yeah you don't no listen man (laughs) no (laughs) come on like, I understand recency bias, but come on. He's going to be facing Patrick Mahomes. Who would you rather have? I mean, I'm, I'd am i actually rather have all the other quarterbacks that are going to be playing in the game on Sunday rather than block for Brock Birdie, right? Take me some Blaine Garrett. i take me some uh, Sam Darnold. I'm a Sam fan, so. Yeah, no, I wouldn't go that far. But, you know, it, those guys are... They're backups for a reason. But, come on, Patrick Mahomes? Not the best you've ever seen? Oh, okay, sure. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Those guys don't... Steve Young, those those don't do it. Ben Roethlisberger, your own guy. Ben Roethlisberger. People forget about Ben Roethlisberger. Those those guys... Look at the old... Look at, don't look at the last five years of Ben Roethlisberger. Go back to the, the late 07, the early 2000s. My man, Ben Roethlisberger was a beast. 2005, 2006, man. I'm not arguing with Brock Purdy being a good quarterback. Like, Brock Purdy does a good job for what he's asked to do. Brock Purdy does what he needs to do. But trying to <laughs> trying to gin this up with best you've ever seen, come on, you're, that's just you're you're just looking, so, you're just looking for attention he, at that point. And then he went on, Clark. Yeah, yeah, he went on to say that he's better than he separated himself from Dak Prescott. He separated himself from guys like Kirk Cousins, Tua. I mean, I don't know, I don't know about that. Yeah. Okay, like oh, there, there's an argument there. Okay, we can have that discussion. We can have that discussion. We can have that discussion. But the word ever, that's what's sticking in my craw. 
not the contemporary, not not as contemporaries, right? Like that that doesn't bother me. We can discuss that all day long. But you throw the word ever in there, and all of a sudden you have my attention for the wrong reason. Because I'm here to push back on that. Even, I mean, Brock Purdy isn't even the best quarterback in the past 20 years. He's not <laughs> even the best quarterback in the past five years. Can we slow our roll before we anoint him? He, you know, everybody is just trying to run away as fast as they can from trashing this kid, right? Everybody who was on that train is <laughs> now gonna try. They're gonna break their necks jumping off. Right? They're trying to get. They're trying to get on. I'm not saying Ryan Clark is because I've heard him. He's been complimentary of Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy has reasons to be complimented. But no, 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 no. Ever? Not a chance. Maybe someday, but not right now. No, sir. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks that I'm gonna take before I take Brock Purdy. If you're giving me the choice. Uh, and even the 49ers didn't want him. The 49ers were contacted Tom in the offseason. It was like, hey, man, are you interested? Because we got a spot, you know. <laughs> like, And this, and the only reason why Tom didn't go is because he already had a retirement party. He couldn't go. So even the 49ers like, have guys, their doubts on him. Guys, they bought me cake. I can't go. I can't not. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I, I can't not. I can't do this again, man. But Wes is going to be you know, there. Not, Danny's going to be there. Brown. I appreciate what, what Brock Purdy's was what he's accomplished. But at the same time, I think there's 18 other quarterbacks that if we put him, if we put them on the 49ers, they have similar success or even better. Again, that's my personal opinion. I mean, everyone's entitled to it, but that's just the way I look at it. Now, if you go back into, if you go back into history and you say, well, you know, if I put 18 other quarterbacks on the 1994 49ers, they still win the Super Bowl. Mm, I don't know. Because <laughs> Dallas was a real problem, and that was a real hurdle for them to get over, and they almost lost that damn game. So, no. Um, if I put if I put a Troy Aikman on the, the 2001-2002 Patriots, they still win the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Because I thought it, I thought it took a lot of poise and a lot of you know commanding by Tom to win those games. I can't even say with any certainty that if you put Drew Bledsoe in there, that they win. Right, right. So, you know, and and the difference is, it's like okay, well, if I say if I put if I took if I put Tom Brady on the on the two thousand was it two thousand six Saints, right? Are they gonna win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> they probably do. If I put Tom Brady on what was it, the 2005 Colts, do they win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> you know, so it's a little different, you know. And that's the difference between Brock Purdy and Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady is great, and you know, you put him on a great team, they're still gonna be great. And you can't really say that about everybody. And in this situation, we can't really say that about Brock Purdy. I mean, I take, I think Ryan Clark was just trying to make up for how much he dogged him during the, you know, during the regular season. And now he's just trying to say, well, I'm on board. 
Um, That's fair. I mean, you know, and, and like statistically speaking, too, like this is why it's important that we watch the games. It's, a, it's important to see why you look at it. Yeah. Statistically, it looks ho-hum, but like the way he moves in the pocket, the way he's able to move the team down the field, the poise with which he does it, seemingly the effortless nature with which he does things. For a second player, he, he's mature. He plays with a maturity beyond his years. Statistics will tell you anything. I was looking at an interesting stat comp. Kevin Apier has a higher war than Sam they have on the mound. Kevin Apier, 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100%. You know, oh, yeah, his splitter was really good. But Nasty. It's, it's, you know, it's crazy. It, it's absolutely crazy. We can make yeah. numbers. I was in 2010. We can make numbers dance, man. I think it's 2010 or 2011 Saints, not the 2005 ones. But I mean, you get what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. you know, it's it, he's the right player for this team right now. But I'm I'm sure that they could do better, and I'm sure Ryan Clark is not all in on that. But in the AFC, things are very strange. Mm. Very strange. And I got to witness this firsthand. The score was 17-7 at halftime, and the game finished with only three points being scored in the second half, and the Ravens losing 17-10 to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. The Ravens, who were actually the number one rushing team all season, ran the ball six times. That's six. They ran the ball six times with their running backs all game. The Ravens' stout defense held the Chiefs scoreless in the second half despite Kelsey having 11 catches and 11 targets for 116 yards and a touchdown. See, the Ravens lost to the Chiefs at home by seven points in the season where they were 13-4. and four. Where do the Ravens go from here? You gotta... You got to really take a look in the mirror here. You really have to take a look in the mirror. They brought in Todd Munkin. They wanted to revitalize the offense. You wanted to, you know, make it a little bit more balanced to where Lamar didn't have all the design runs. And you really wanted to learn if Lamar could, you know, adapt to this Todd Munkin offense, which is which was more pass and then run when you needed to. And passing wise, Lamar was fine. Out I mean he looked very uncomfortable, almost skittish and gun shy when he escaped the pocket. Which was really really awkward to see him go through his progressions because he was like whenever can I run now? No. And then by the time he went and did the did the thing, it was too late. Right? Kansas City had already closed in on him. Now, kudos to the Kansas City secondary is vastly improved as one of the top in the league. But the run game is what got you here. You know, even without Dobbins, Edwards, Hill. Lamar like this is what got you to the dance and to shy away from it so much it is in a it is it is something that needs to be reviewed 
and something that needs to be discussed because this was the year, right? This was supposed to be the year. They brought in Zay Flowers. They brought in Odell Beckham. They brought in the guys that they were supposed to, to bring in. They had likely, in addition to Mark Andrews, like this was the year the offense was supposed to take the leap. And yeah. in, in the yeah. game that mattered most, it didn't happen. But you know what? I, I also want to discuss the defense. How immature... Yeah. How immature are you for personal foul penalties? And not by rookies. Not by rookies. Kyle Van Noy and Jadavion Clowney. Those are vets in this league. And yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, Travis Kelsey baited Van Noy into a penalty. But you got to be smarter than that. You were a patriot, goddammit. (laughs) You're You're telling me Bill Belichick didn't coach that at you? So, the immaturity on defense, the immaturity. Even with the immaturity on defense, dude, they still held them to what, I mean, they were, the the Ravens defense was only giving up, I think, 16 or 17 points. No, it was like 17.5 points. No, 16.5 points per game. So, they held the Chiefs to what they would normally hold other opponents to. They did, but it was very clear that the Chiefs were living in the Ravens' heads. Yeah. Right? Even going back to the two skirmish the two skirmishes prior to the game with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Justin Tucker, and then on the sideline, the Ravens the Ravens took the bait. Yeah. The Ravens fully took the bait. The Chiefs laid the trap and the Ravens walked right into it. So there's got to be some soul searching. There definitely needs to be a soul, uh, some soul searching here, but you kind of have to run this team back the way it is. But if you're John Harbaugh, I mean, at what point are you like asking Munkin to like, hey, dude, you got we got to run the ball? Like, are you saying that on the headset? Are you saying that at halftime when you're looking and you've only seen you've run the ball for four times? Like, you have to say at some point we got to get, you yeah. got to get, our, especially the game's not out of hand. You're only down by ten. At some point, you have to say, guys, we got to run the ball. Like, the only thing I will say about what happened over the weekend for the Ravens is if it wasn't for the turnovers, they probably win the game because Flowers fumbled on the goal line, right? Yep. Then... I think Lamar fumbled in his own territory, but it didn't lead to any points because I think I'm pretty sure the Chiefs then went for and out. I think they that's when they went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it. Um, and then Lamar threw an interception into a team meeting. It was like three, it was three Chiefs and and one and one Raven, and he threw it. It was a terrible pass. We call so that a Josh you, Allen ball. Yeah, if you eliminate those. I think they are. I think they win the game, or they at least send the game to overtime. Even That's with the, the mishaps thing. on defense, even with the personal foul penalties, you know. So, but I, when Lamar was decisive with running, he was gashing the Chiefs. When he yes. was decisive with it, yeah. So you know, he was. He was. That's something that I think you're right. Harbaugh needs to get in Munkin's face. Like, dude, what are you doing? We gotta run. We're the number. We're the best rushing team in football, and we've only run the ball six times. Like, 
hello hello <laughs> like the other part was is like you're not you're not completing passes we're not people aren't getting open and you're missing the deep ball there were so many deep balls where he threw it and he missed he just missed he flat out missed it was it's a bad pass overthrown thrown to outside like this was not the time to showcase Lamar Jackson as a passer um it's almost and like you read Kansas the clips City, of playoff Lamar and he was like we're going to undo that today and Kansas City did a great job I felt like in sticking with their game plan they're like we're not going to let them bully us we're going to be the bully today and it started with the pregame with Justin Tucker get your shit out of here you're not supposed to warm up on our side and kicking their stuff and moving it out of the way, you know? And then it was all about in the trenches. I'm going to pull you. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to bust your chops. Like, we're not backing down from you. We're the defending champions. This may be your house, but this is our house. And that's what it, that's what it really felt like. It was like, it felt like you were, it felt like the Ravens were playing in Kansas City the way they were acting, like, they were don't wouldn't you agree, Z, that they were acting like a team on the road that was down by like two touchdowns? Yeah. Right? Well, That's what it looked like. And they weren't. They were in the game. They were they were in the entire game. And that falls on John Harbaugh to a degree. Right like, there, he, I think so. I do. Yeah. yeah. You, you, they got psyched out. They got psyched out by this Chiefs team. Like we talked about rope a dope before. The the Chiefs rope a dope them before the game even started. Yeah, yeah. So, they came in with know. a mission. They came in with a mission, and they were not going to be – we're not backing down from you. We're the bully. We're going to score. We're going to do what we want. And they played right into it. There was no to- – like, I listen, I wasn't on the Ravens sideline. I don't know what they were saying or what they were doing, but there was no toughness. Like, they, it didn't seem like the Chiefs were afraid of Patrick McQueen. It didn't seem like they were afraid of Roquan Smith. They they did whatever they wanted to do. You guys you guys want to let Kelsey you know go nuts? Okay, we'll just keep throwing it at Kelsey. Whatever, you know. And it just it just it was it was surprising. But you know, hats off to the Chiefs. They're on to the next round. They deserve it. I believe I had that one. So yes, you did. All good. But you know, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have gone to six straight AFC Championship games. And have been to four Super Bowls in five years. Not sure. Probably only the Buffalo Bills have done that. If Mahomes wins the championship this year, is he the best active athlete slash player in professional sports? Now we have to caveat this, right? In team sports. No. 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 Keep it open. No, it's fine. Give me Djokovic. Give me Nadal. Give me Serena Williams. Like, Give me those guys. You can have them. You yeah, can I'll have them. them. I'll take, take them. So you're taking all those guys over him. I will take. They have been the perennial winners of our generation. Well, I they are the perennial gener of our generation. But I'm saying today, like on February 11th, if he wins this third Super Bowl, at that moment, is he the best active athlete slash player in professional sports? No, I, I, I don't know enough up. about tennis to be able to say when Serena last won, or when Nadal last won, or when Djokovic last won. I can't. I don't. I don't know enough about but that to, to know but that. But their reputation still carries the weight. 
That's the thing. Like, they're still a dominant force. Yes, like, Djokovic just lost to Yannick Sinner over the weekend in the Australian Open. Mm-hmm. And he beat Daniel Medvedev. But you can't discount what's happened. As long as those people are... As long as these athletes are there, I, I gotta go with that. Because it's them, right? At the end of the day, it's them. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, my, it's like a my golfer. Take- Same idea. Yeah. It's them. But doesn't that make what he's doing even better? Because he's relying on people that aren't as good as him. And people that are maybe going against some people that are actually maybe better than him in some ways. Like, over the weekend, the Baltimore Ravens had the best, one of the best defenses in football this year. It came out on top. And again, it's it's the sixth. He became, since he, let's, let's put it this way, Z. Since he has become a starter on the Kansas City Chiefs, the worst he's done is losing overtime to Tom Brady in an AFC Championship game. Other than that, he's gone to the Super Bowl. And probably, I guess, losing to Josh Allen that one year. But I think that was, no, that wasn't an overtime. But I'm just trying to say, like, putting in perspective what the last six years of his his career has been like. It's a fine acknowledgement. The only person I can, the only there's only two people I can can come up with, and I still think he's better. The first per the first person that came up with was Otani. The problem I the only problem I have with Otani is that he hasn't won. So yes, while it is remarkable and incredible that he's doing offensive things and pitching, right? Mm-hmm. He hasn't won. And he's hurt and in a position where he's not going to pitch this year. So I'm like, okay, can't be Otani. Then the next person I went was Jokic on Denver because okay. of how dominant, even though he didn't win the championship two years ago, he still has been like an MVP discussion, getting ridiculous numbers and is like otherworldly. And the only reason why I kind of shot him down was because he doesn't have as many championships as Mahomes does. But if Jokic was to win this year again, then it's like, okay, well, wait a minute, you know, just because of how much of an impact Jokic has on the game on both sides of the floor. That's fair. That's where I netted out. I get your argument with the tennis players, but I, I think... I think what Mahomes is doing in professional football is incredibly hard. And I think there's been situations where Nadal and Djokovic and even Serena and I'm not, I mean, Serena is a dominant player. Like she's the most dominant player in her sport. There's, there's no, at times the last recently she's dipped and she's been beaten. But in the past, there wasn't even people giving her real competition, man. Like, she was just fucking slapping people. Like, exactly. you felt bad for the people she was playing against. And in and in tennis, is, and in tennis, like you said, Djokovic lost. Nadal's been hurt. If you want to go the golf route, you could. But there's no golfer that's been as dominant as this man has been the last six years. It's not like we're in the Tiger Woods of his heyday no. where you could say, oh, yeah, Tiger Woods is far better than Patrick Mahomes and it probably points in Mahomes and Woods's you know prime he probably was the best athlete at the time 
but oh yeah most feared yeah most feared for sure yeah but i don't think there's a dominant golfer now where you're like fucked like he's gonna be in the top five i mean rory misses the cut you know people people just don't come don't people don't come every single tournament with their a game where (laughs) not only has this kid done it as a number one seed and a number two seed this year he had to go to buffalo and beat buffalo he had to go to the ravens and beat the ravens like he beat he beat the best the afc had to offer you know what i mean that's and 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 now you know and he's done and he did it without the best receiver in the game because he had the best receiver in the game now this is two years going without the best receiver in the game getting you know i'm not trying to shit on pacheco but it's not like he ran at alabama he ran for Rutgers. like he's a guy he's a guy rishi rice is a guy like you know, it's not like the Peyton Manning loaded teams, nope. right? Where you got Joseph Adai and you've got Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison and Edgerton. It's Clark. not a Dallas Clark. No, this guy, no, Kelsey is a Hall of Fame tight end, 100%. Yeah. But Rasheed Rice just got there. Juju's gone. Hill's gone. You know, there's no, there's Noah Gray and, uh, <laughs> you know, Jake Bell. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Watson. These are guys who are just guys. And granted, I think his offensive line is, you know, stud. He's got Tooney and Thooney. I mean, he's got Thooney and Humphrey. And those guys are studs. Sure. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what would your argument be for that? I would say that Patrick Mahomes is a very good player. I would say that he has the benefit. Tyreek Hill was never the number one on that team. 87 was the number one on that team. It's oh, It goes through 87. Always. So, like, what he has with Travis Kelsey is something that you can only, you can only parallel with Brady and Gronk. Like, that level of prolific play. They've gone through it. They absolutely have. They've made it through, and he's made it made it through hurt. Like Patrick Mahomes always has a ding. He's always, you know, he's always limping. So there's always something to be said about that. And you know, it, it's impressive. But if I could take the piss out of him a little bit, I'm gonna try. He went through Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, right? He went up against Josh Allen. Josh Allen's, in, I would say, Josh Allen is. Below. Well, he lost to Tom. He didn't beat Tom. But he lost him in the Super Bowl. Yeah, lost him in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So he got bested at the at that point. I wouldn't say Josh Allen is on his level. Okay. He's a step below. Mm-hmm. Burrow, he's not there yet. But Baker put a scare into them. <laughs> That's all you need to know about that. Baker Mayfield put a scare into that team. And he left that game, and uh, Chad Henney had to take over. Yeah. So there's something to be said about that. Like, Patrick Mahomes is very is, is a fine athlete. He, he's absolutely fine. He's running into a situation where his team is better than most of the other teams and the other rest of the competition he's facing. So... 
you know, this is, you know, he should be doing what he needs to do. And as far as, like, best active, right? So you're talking about best. What constitutes best? If you're talking about pure stats, then that you have to start bringing in guys like Lionel Messi, Harry Kane, Erling Holland, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, like, but are they on, but are they on the top of their game right now? I mean, I feel like Messi's on his way out. Door. Ronaldo's hurt. I, I I wouldn't put them in that category, right? Because it, like LeBron, like I wouldn't say LeBron. LeBron is by far one of the best basketball players, but he's. He's he's on his way out. Like he's not at the top. Even Steph Curry's thirty-five. Like he's not the and likely not to win anymore. Like he's not. I would put Embiid. I would put Giannis in the conversation. Embiid's another one who's hurt. Giannis is going through some shit right now. He is. Both of those guys are going. He's only got and another thing. He's only got one. Like they're not. Like if you were like for instance, if you were if you were to say Giannis. You're like, okay, I'm I'm starting a basketball team tomorrow. I'm taking Giannis. I could say I'm taking Embiid and feel just as good as you do. Or say I'm taking Joker and feel just as good as you do. You're starting a team tomorrow. You're going to take Patrick Mahomes. Or Am I going to feel just as good if I have Justin Herbert? Am I going to feel just as good as if I have Joe Burrow, who's coming off of another injured season? I'm not going to feel that good if I'm taking Lamar. <laughs> like, not after Sunday. No. Right, right. Maybe I feel there's upside with Stroud, but I don't I don't have the pedigree, right? Right. And that's the whole thing is like, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. an interesting, it's, it's definitely an interesting debate. And I see where you're coming from. I would feel fine. Like, I, I would feel fine taking any of those guys that you were, that you mentioned. You know, Burrow. Herbert, Allen, they've all had their own, their fair share. You know, they've had their fair share of ups and downs. And, you know, think, his injuries think, have been an I issue. Think Super Bowl victory puts him above them. I don't think, oh, could, for sure. I don't think you can mentor them in his, like, he's, he is on the verge of entering, like, Joe Montana land. Like, he's, he's going to pass Elway with this. He's going to pass Ben with this. Like, he's, He's going to pass these guys if he wins this weekend, uh, next weekend. He passes them. He almost comes in a category of his own because he's got three. You maybe put him in a Bradshaw kind of category. But, you know, that's that's a tough one. But he's entering another hemisphere. You know? he's, ent- he's, enter- he's entering deep water, right? And he's definitely able to, to carry his own. But... You know, he does, they do have a worthy opponent on the other side. So it's nothing is guaranteed for sure. But you're looking at this, it's a marvel of the entire Chiefs organization who were able to rebuild on the fly. Because you also had, you know, you had Alex Smith there to start. And he sat for a year and learned. So that's another aspect of it that I think is, is truly important. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB, to Dutch Apple, to Campfire S'mores, and many more. 
check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too, at sweetlifebrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. But moving over to the hardwood, and there's some injury concerns that uh, may be uh, impacting one of the best players in the league. Joel Embiid is one of the favorites to win the NBA MVP. However, if Joel Embiid misses more than six more games, he will not be eligible to win the award. Now, there are 30-plus games to go in the season. And he's running up against this arbitrary number put there by Adam Silver. If Embiid continues to play at this high of a level, but misses more than six games, forcing the award to go to another player, is the MVP devalued? Yeah, I think the problem is is the number, right? Like, let's say he misses seven games, so he misses a cutoff by one and has, like, a stellar end to the season. Then what are you going to do? Like, yeah, I do think it devalues it because if he only, let's say he misses, let's say he misses 10. Say he misses 10, but he still finishes the season strong and is well better than, you know, a Giannis or a Joker, and you're going to bum him out just because he's not eligible that's a tough get man because then it's like well Giannis won the MVP this year but you know Embiid really should have won but if it wasn't for that that rule you know that's what you're gonna get you're and how is you and how would Giannis feel about it saying man I don't deserve this this guy definitely deserved it you know because that he some players are humble like that and the other thing is is a lot of times that MVP is a mass motivator because the year that Carl Malone won the MVP, fucking Jordan went off and it was his mission to beat him. And then there was the year Barkley won the MVP and Jordan's like, okay, you think he's the most valuable player? Watch this. You're going to lose that. You're going to lose that get. And, uh, you know, I think something like that is kind of like on the sports writer or whoever's voting on this thing to discount a player just because they missed X amount of games. But you've made it part of the season. You've made it part of incentives. You've made... You've, you, you've made a mess of this, really. And so, yeah, I do think it devalues it. I mean, it devalues it when you're, you try to pick different players every year. I mean, for so long, it really just should have been LeBron or Steph Curry. But now we're worried about everybody's feelings. We're worried about how many games are being played. We're worried about losing sponsors. We're worried about losing eyes on the screens. I don't think, I don't think the amount of games you're putting on people is is the way to go. How about you just play 65 games? Wouldn't that help? I don't know. Just the thought. What if the season was ending in three months? Like, you know, we've already played 
over 40 games. I have a wild theory that even if they shorten the season, NBA players still wouldn't play. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. With the money, with the amount of money that's in their guaranteed contract, take the day off. Are you kidding me? The only problem with that is if you shorten the season, is like more games count. Yeah. So it's going to be hard for you to miss X amount of games just because you stumped your toe on the way to the bathroom in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know? Or you... You had the Mexican chili bean dip, and you don't really feel like going on a basketball court today. Like, yeah. Because that's what you're kind of dealing with now. I, I read that Kyrie Irving missed the game just because he had an upset stomach. Sorry, man. Where's the Maylocks at, man? Like, what are you doing? Get some Tums and let's go. Man, it's last, diff- thing you wanted, last thing you wanted to do shit in his pants on the court, man. Like CM Punk. Like, I, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like... You know, it's a it's a different it's a different mentality, and and I think what Adam Silver is banking on is saying, well, you know, they have these clauses in their contracts that they get X amount of dollars if they win the MVP or they if they play a certain amount of games, and and that's how he's trying to get them to play. How about just reducing this fucking season? That'll help them have to play, because I've read somewhere that MB's been playing hurt for like the last six games just because he's worried about not getting MVP because it is important to him. So you want one of your best players in the game to play hurt every single night? I'm not on board with that, man. Especially a guy that tall. It's constantly falling on the ground. No, completely. It's not It's not a good business model. But at the same time, there should be something, right? You should have a certain... You should, there should be a certain expectation that you're going to see a guy, right? Jordan played 82 all the time for the majority of his career. Yeah, right? well, a lot of those guys did because they wanted to play. You don't want to play, don't fucking play. <laughs> Age 39 with the Wizards. I ain't going to the game. Up. I'm not he dressed. I'm not buying No. So, you know what? There's still a, there's a level of personal pride there. And there's that old Joe DiMaggio mindset of there's somebody out there who's never seen me play before. And, you know, that it has gotten lost as we get further and further removed from that generation and as the salaries have gone up and up and up and as they've gotten guaranteed. So I don't know what the magic number is. No, I don't either. Like, but yeah, I don't, so, also don't agree capping it the way you're capping it is, is the answer. It, it becomes a thing, though. Like it definitely, I mean, maybe not a cap, maybe a floor. Like maybe that's the way to go. Like you have to play. You at least have to play forty-one games to be considered for an award, right? That will maybe maybe that's the way to go. Because then, what what if he does get? What if he breaks his leg, right? Like, what if well, I worry kind of... about his back and I worry about his wrist because he's always right. falling to the ground. Right, but I'm saying what if something catastrophic happens and something that he cannot play through? What if he, it's something he needs to have surgery on? He's done for the year. Like, we're going to see how valuable he is because when he's not on the court and the Sixers suck, like, that'll definitely speak to his argument, right? And yeah, that's it, the argument that we have all the time. What does valuable mean? It's how it's not as much it's as much as when you're not on the court as when you're on the court 
And that's why, I, you know, I was just jokingly saying it, but there is an element of truth to it. Why Aaron Judge was the MVP? Because the Yankees were dog shit without him. So there, there's an element to be said there. But I mean, it feel it will if something happens to where Joel Embiid misses out on a technicality, if he misses out by like two games, yes, right, three games, that's like a problem. That, that's a, that's a cheap one. Yeah, that's definitely a cheap one. Now, is Giannis gonna say? Is Giannis gonna be like? I'm not going to take this. Of course not. It's a personal accolade. I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to take it. Shagilgis Alexander, if he's named the MVP, you're, that dude, you're telling me he's going to turn down his first ever MVP? No. You're going to say thank you and move on. So you know, there is something to be said about you know getting guys on the court, but if it is a technicality where the guy misses by like two games, three games. No. Like, that, that's that's definitely going to ring hollow. But, you know, it really does underscore the type of season Joel Embiid's having because we're worrying about this, right? <laughs> like, he's played 34 games this year. Right? He's averaged 35.3 for the season. 11 rebounds, 6 assists. That's damn good. That's damn, damn good. So, I would be concerned. It would definitely, it would definitely cheapen things a little bit. But at the end of the day, like this is the route that Adam Silver has gone, and you know, it, he just earned himself a contract extension. So, you know, they, they must not think it's that bad. But I don't know. I think that. There has to be some other way to incentivize play- I can't believe I'm saying that, but there has to be some other way to incentivize players to play. Right? <laughs> but, you know, there, there's got to be some other, you know, there's, you don't have this problem in other sports. You don't. Connor McDavid doesn't sit out because he's got a boo-boo. You know, Patrick Mahomes, they literally taped up his leg how many times? He's going to play. You know? Baseball, no, let's skip baseball. Anthony Rendon's a putz. Did you did you hear his comment? No. The season. The season oh yes, I did. <laughs> let's make that shorter. Anthony Rendon's in the wrong sport. He should be in the NBA. <laughs> of all people to say something like that. Of all people, he was a he's a perfect fit for the NBA. Season's too long, man. Oh, I'm not taking a pay cut. No, that, no, I, no, no, no. And he loves that. getting in fans' faces. He's a real piece of work, yeah. that guy. So you called me a bitch. Yes, you did. You called me a bitch. Yes. Uh, we remember what he did in Oakland. But, um, yeah, no. Like, it, it would it would definitely be an asterisk. It would definitely be a level of devalue. And but hopefully Embiid just erases all this talk and is healthy and is productive and he's able to you know push forward and persevere but speaking of pushing forward it's more like pushing one step forward one step back the Bucks lost two nights ago in Doc Rivers' debut they lost to the Nuggets 113-107 after the game, Doc said the team is still searching for its identity. All of this as rumors are circulating that the firing 
of Adrian Griffin came from Giannis. The firing of Mike Budenholzer came from Giannis. The acquisition of Damian Lillard came from, wait for it, Giannis. And Giannis might be a little bit of a locker room pariah and a little bit of a coach and teammate killer. So how much do you buy into Giannis being the problem in Milwaukee? I'm starting to buy into it a little bit. I mean, again, these are all rumors. You know, we have nothing to back that this is actually true. It's just there's some ideas circulating that he's the one constant. And, you know, he's got some blood on his hands with some of the things that have happened in the last two years with this team. I'm saying it's a possibility. Um, His attitude... um, especially with getting his brother into games and his brother playing like his attitude seems to me to think that, you know, he, he thinks he's a lot better than what he actually is. Um, and granted, I think he's a very tall, lanky, lanky athlete and he uses those things to his benefit very well. Um, but the end of his career isn't going to look like what the end of Shaq's career looked like. You know, it's, you know, he, he, he has a certain skill set, and once his speed diminishes, he's I don't think he'll be of much use to any team. Uh, but it's also changed my idea of the Bucks. I don't, you know, I consider them contenders, you know, just because of the makeup of the team and, and him, generally speaking. But now my mindset has kind of changed on it, and I don't think they are. I think they, they're one and done. I don't think this Dame Lillard thing is going to put them into the finals. I don't think they're going to get better here going forward. I certainly don't think Doc Rivers is the answer. And I'm wondering if this is going to be just a, he finishes this year and he's out. And I think that'll be really telling. Like if he finishes this year and he walks away, I think then it's really going to be like, okay, yeah, Giannis could really be the problem here because why would anybody else walk away from this team the way it's you know constructed? Um, especially if you don't really feel like they have a chance to win. Well, We've, we've been talking about this for years. Who has been the Robin to his Batman? Chris Middleton. Yeah. Right? It, it's such a drop-off in terms of the next guy. Now, maybe that's by design. That may, that we don't know. I've never met Giannis Antetokounmpo. He doesn't seem to be like that. It doesn't. He doesn't project to have that level of an ego. But he's a human being. He's a professional athlete. But everybody's got an ego. Everybody's got an ego that needs to be fed. So would it surprise me? Not in the slightest. We have a lot of confluence going on right now. We have this turmoil. And all of a sudden, we have the Jimmy Butler story bubbling up out of Miami, where Jimmy Butler might get moved. That's also speculation. If you're telling me, if Jimmy Butler became available, that... He wouldn't be. He wouldn't look great in Milwaukee. He certainly plays a hell of a lot more defense than Dame Lillard does. But well, no. Who is the guy that was recently got Terry Rozier? You're telling me you couldn't win games with Terry Rozier? Yeah. So apparently, like, that's bubbling up out of Miami, and Butler may be going. So, I mean, I would make that call, but 
would it conflict with Giannis? Like, would Giannis be able to be on board with that? And would it cost them a guy like Dame Lillard? Like, what would it what would it do? Or would you pair those three together? Would that be something that you can do? So, like, winning seems to cure all for Giannis. And all of it is done in the name. It's the same reason why he wouldn't join a super team, right? Like, or he wouldn't bring in guys to, to join him, which which is kind of about facing now. But I think that once is coincidence, easily explainable. Twice, okay. This is now the third instance where he's had some element of control over something that happened above his pay grade. It's really hard to get above his pay grade. Well, there are apparently, it clearly is it's able to, uh, it's happening. Because you start dabbling in the front office, that that's not never a good look. Now, we know that in our generation, who has been the biggest bridge between front office and the court? LeBron. Like, this would be a LeBron move. We've, he's had a reputation with the David Blatt thing and the Mike Brown thing. Like he, he's definitely had it, but by and large, LeBron's been able to kind of like skate by because he's won. Maybe Giannis will be able to shake this if he keeps winning. Does winning cure everything? You like to think so. You like to think that winning is the greatest disinfectant. But we're going to find out. Because he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Sure, sure as hell, Dave Lillard's not going anywhere. They can only add to this team, right? They, they fired the rookie head coach because they had aspirations of more. So it's time to make your superstar happy. And he won't be a problem if he's happy. So you keep feeding the beast here. You keep doing what needs to be done in order to keep your superstar happy. And he will continue to reward you with winning. Now, will they be able to beat Boston? Don't know. That's why they play it. And Giannis did happen to get hurt the worst possible time last year. So, given a rematch, maybe they maybe they would take it home. Who knows? But it's starting to look. It's definitely starting to look like there's an issue coming out of Milwaukee, and it's all of their own doing. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up stories of the week. All right, boys and girls. 
we have a statement and it's either fair or foul fair or foul number one Steph Curry will crush Sabrina Ionescu in the three-point shooting contest all-star weekend fair fair and I'm kind of worried I'm kind of nervous about this because if I'm if, if I'm reading it correctly she's going to be shooting NBA threes too um and I feel like if you're Steph Curry I mean if you if you follow him on Instagram his pregame is just a little ridiculous because he hits he goes in the stands he hits shots from like the the player alcove as they're walking off the court so it's not like you can come into this contest and hit 15 shots like we're expecting you to hit between 20 and 25 so she's not really going to get a break here and you're asking her to shoot from the three-point line i'm not saying she can't do it it's not about that it's about it's not what she normally does she doesn't normally do this in her in when she plays in the WNBA. And if you get into a situation where he makes, let's say, 22 or 23, and she only makes 10 or 11, that could be a little ugly. Okay, so I'm going to go foul. I think it's going to be closer than you think. But is it close because he lets it be close? Or is it close because she, she, she makes it close? I think it's because she makes it close. Okay. And she's she's a definitely a listen, she's extremely talented shooter. Um and she is she's she's a great player. Great. Uh it's just I felt like it's a tough ask because it's not what she normally does. But here's my thing though. The NBA three point line, right, is twenty three feet. Almost twenty four feet. As opposed to the WNBA line which is almost 21 feet. Right. Now, advanced metrics from WNB from WNBA.com, straight from the WNBA. Between 20 and 24 feet, she's shooting 48.7%. Wow. She is shooting better than Steph Curry. Wow. More of an even match than we're letting on. Now, career-wise, you know, she's a 37.7 career from three. Steph Curry's 43% for his career. So, I mean, it's pretty close. This year, she's shooting 45% from from three. Damn. Yeah. So, like, I definitely think that this is going to be... It's going to be extremely competitive. And it wouldn't surprise me if... You know, with those numbers and what she's been able to do, it wouldn't surprise me at all if she was able to knock off Steph, especially this year, right? In years past, maybe not. Now, an older Steph, a, a Steph that's starting to break down a little bit, sure, why not? But Sabrina Ionescu is on a heater. And I think we need to, I think we can't discount that heater just because they're extending the three-point line out just a bit. Fair or foul? Number two, Luka Doncic is better than Dirk and is on Michael Jordan's level. This is all coming out because of what Jason Kidd felt the need to say after 
people were making fun of Luca because they said he, he needed more cardio. But he, he did have a huge game where he dropped over 70 points. So that was that was really impressive. Um, I'm going to say, how about Nero? How about Nero? And then yeah. Kid tried to walk it back. And, and I don't know if he tried to walk it back or someone's trying to make light and say that. While he's saying for his age, he's on that level. It's like, no, man. Nah, like Mike played defense. Uh, there is nobody like Dirk. Not even Michael Jordan's like Dirk. Dirk is a is a, is a, is a unicorn. He's a, he's a, he is super special. What Dirk did, I don't know if any other player will ever, will ever do because he went through Kobe, Durant, and then Dwayne Wade and LeBron James to win his championship. And in those finals, he was just unstoppable. So no, 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 and no. So foul. Completely foul. <laughs> Completely. We're- Somebody drug test Jason Kidd. I, I just, what is in the water lately? As far as like people like saying stupid. But this is ultimately, yeah, you want to puff up your guy. I get you want to puff up your guy. He has played a fifth of Dirk Nowitzki's career. 15 or 22 games. Luka Doncic has played 370. Of course his statistics are going to look great. Of course his statistics are going to be better. He still has... He still has 1,200 games to go. When he is able to do what Dirk did, right? When he is able to get there in year 20 and not only have average an average of 21, 8, and 2, but also have a ring, be a 12-time All-NBA team, be a 14-time All-Star. When he's able to do all of these things and not get pissy with a reporter or not get people kicked out of the game or not have rabbit ears because people call him chunky, which he is kind of on the he is kind of on the stocky side. But he's stocky. I'll give him that. I'll I'll, I'll say that. When he's able to do what Dirk is able to do, then we can have this conversation. And Michael Jordan, I'm not even touching because that, that's that's absolutely asinine. That's an absolutely asinine statement to make. So I'm. Like, we gotta stop. When did, why are people so comfortable putting Michael Jordan's name in their mouth? Like, I, I just don't understand that. Like, you know, absolutely not. And. Luka Doncic is about only about a third of the way through Jordan's career. So, can we just not? Can we just not compare him with his contemporaries? It's unfair to him. It's disrespectful to the people that came before him. And it just makes you look like a clown, Jason Kidd. But, you know, it wouldn't be the first time for that. So just appreciate what you have in Luka Doncic. He's special, but just can we not? Please? Please?
favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. You know what time it is. It's time for the alleged superstar of the week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at FaderoutDNZ and you vote. And you vote and you vote and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and takes home the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy this weekend? I don't. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. 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 How the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for the Alleged Superstar of the Week, D? All right. First up, I've got Justin Tucker, kicker on the Baltimore Ravens. Warming up on the Chiefs' side of the field prior to the start of the AFC Championship game. Bush League, brah. What were you thinking? You deserve to have your stuff kicked and thrown and chucked to the other side of the field. Justin Tucker, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Clay Bellinger and Blake Snell. Both stars remain unsigned with only a few weeks left until pitchers and catchers report. Clay Bellinger and Blake Snell, you are my alleged superstars of the week. And number two, I read this stat today and I couldn't believe my eyes. How about this? Alabama draft picks. In the 58-year history of the Super Bowl, no Alabama draft pick has ever scored a touchdown in a Super Bowl. Never. Alabama is famous for attracting the best NFL talent, but none of them have scored in a Super Bowl. We're talking about Julio Jones, Devonta Smith, Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, etc. have never scored in a Super Bowl. Mm, I don't know. I think twice about drafting an Alabama player going forward. Alabama draft picks. You are my alleged superstars of the week. What do you got, Z? I mean, that's a crazy statistic. That's crazy, man. I Jalen mean, Hurts guess... doesn't count because he got drafted out of Oklahoma. That's unreal. So I, I guess it's a technicality. He, technically, he did not graduate from Alabama. So that does make sense. And he was drafted out of Oklahoma. So that definitely makes sense. But yeah, some, that's, that's, that's a crazy Now they've thrown crazy. touchdown passes, like, you know, Namath and everybody, but but oh, yeah, never scored that. touchdowns. Oh. Like there's a, a nice, there's a fine little parsing of words there. A nice little bit of semantics. I, I, find, I find that delightful. Absolutely, absolutely delightful. I mean, eh. well, I mean, when you consider all the great Alabama players, right, right, <laughs> yeah, 
that's nuts, man. It's it's wild. But you know what else is wild? And I'm gonna start with this guy, Kadarius Tony. Oh, jeez, dude, oh, we're, we're, dude, we're, dude, we're coming in hot today, Bruh. So, Bruh. on IG live before the AFC title game, like hours before the, the yeah. Game saying that he's not injured. The Chiefs are lying about his injury status. And I believe at one point he told the Chiefs to <laughs> Jesus. Oh, okay. Like, how do you go back into that locker room? Hey, guys. <laughs> I was just, you know, it's an expression. I didn't... Hi. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't see how you walk back from this. I don't know how you <laughs> maintain a working relationship. And I think Mr. Tony is done in Kansas City. But, uh, hey, maybe that's just me. I mean, it's not like, it's not like they needed him. So they could drop passes on their own. They, are, they don't need him to drop the passes. It is very interesting, though. The dagger went to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and he caught it. So, there, there's that, Mr. Tony. You were listed as a DNP for personal reasons. That being the birth of your child, I believe. There's a lot, a lot, a lot going on there. Kadarius Tony, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, number two, the Baltimore Ravens. You got bullied, straight up bullied and punked out by the Kansas City Chiefs at home in the biggest game of your of your year. Number one seed, you're supposed to be the bully, right? That that's what you do. That's your shtick. Not a good look at all for the Baltimore Ravens. And we'll see where they go from here, but I think there needs to be some soul-searching, and I think they need to look in the mirror because the Kansas City Chiefs came in and pretty much took their gimmick. Baltimore Ravens, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Dan Campbell slash Detroit Lions. You had it 24-7 at halftime. You were sticking, you, you were running, you were making it happen. You made key plays on defense. You did what you needed to do. You held the Niners to seven points. And then it all went to shit. It all went to pop because you decided to change up the game plan. You abandoned the run. Start going for it on fourth down. You have a perfectly capable kicker. And those six points, they ultimately bit you in the ass. Going for it twice, passing up two field goal attempts. Yes, they may not have converted, but then again, they may have. And now we'll never know. Dan Campbell slash Detroit Lions. You are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we said our piece. 
go to our X account at DNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.